Welcome to the Possibility of Today radio show. This weekly series mixes entertainment with inspiration and information to help you learn how to live in a different way and take advantage of all the possibilities of today. Do you want to find the way to your something more and live life to the fullest? Then you're in the right place. Host Sybil Chavis will guide you through an exciting journey of self-discovery and transformation so you can be entertained, be inspired, and be informed. Now, here's Sybil. Hey, how are you? How was the week? Thank you so much for tuning in today. We've got some really interesting topics because there's been just a ton, as I'm sure you know, going on in the news, and we are going to start with debunking this rumor. Have you heard it about Will Smith and Jada Pinkett, who have for years allegedly been having an open relationship? Will Smith is that award-winning actor and producer, Men in Black, and Jada Smith is also this famous actress, in case you haven't heard of them. But for, I don't even know how long, a long time, there's been this rumor that they've had this open relationship. And Jada has recently stated that the rumors are completely untrue and that they don't have an agreement that they can date and have relationships outside of their marriage. What do you say to the rumors? There's a persistent rumors of y'all, though, right? Always. Persistent ones, y'all have an open relationship. That That's you, the most persistent and, one. And is, is it true? No, I think that people get that idea because uh, Will and I are very relaxed with one another. Mm-hmm. So there you've got it. Jada Pinkett has cleared up that rumor and said no. And we're going to hear more from her on that topic. But what Jada also shared that was really interesting was her perspective on relationships in general. And so we are going to discuss that as well, because I think there are some really good takeaway messages for all of us, whether we're currently in a relationship or we're ever planning to get into a relationship in the future. And then we're going to dive a little further into this topic of open relationships and discuss whether it's really true that humans are not meant to be monogamous. Have you heard this? There's a theory, and it's based on science, that humans are not supposed to only have one relationship. And Dan Savage, who is this author, journalist, and newspaper editor, you know, along with other scientists and writers and authors, they've suggested that we really take a closer look at this idea of monogamy and not to just assume that it's something that comes naturally to humans or comes naturally to relationships. Dan Savage specifically suggests that instead we change our expectations and realize that Monogamy is a choice because it's not natural. Because monogamy is uh, ridiculous and people aren't any good at it. We're not wired for it. We didn't evolve to be. It's not natural. Um, and it pr- places a tremendous strain on our marriages uh, and our long-term commitments to expect them to be effortlessly monogamous. Because what we've said is if you're in love, you, shouldn't, you won't want to have sex with anybody else. And what we need to tell people is that if you're in love, you can make a monogamous commitment and you will refrain from having sex with other people. Interesting, right? I know jaws are dropping right now, and there are clearly strong opinions, quite honestly, on both sides of this topic. So we are definitely going to get into those. And then finally, we are going to get into some opinions and myths about our brains and our memories, which is important for us to know, right? We have a great guest, Claire Herring from daisybrains.com and she's going to join us and really help us sort through and debunk some of these myths about our minds and our brains. One myth that actually we're going to definitely talk about, which I'm sure you've probably heard, is whether or not it's really true that even one glass of wine can cause our brains to shrink, which of course I hope it's not. And another myth we're going to talk about is whether or not our brains really do get slower and are less able to retain information as we age. So we're going to talk about those questions and some others. But first, 
I actually wanted to talk about just myths in general, misconceptions, because lately, right, it feels as if no matter which direction you turn, you're just getting bombarded with all types of information. And a lot of times the information we get, you assume you can rely on it because it comes from credible sources. So you buy into what you hear, you make decisions based on the information. I mean, you may even take certain actions, right? Because this information is suggesting that you do it. And then you turn around and you, you realize that the information is actually not correct or something comes out or another report that says, hey, throw out that whole theory. And everything that you've been basing your decisions on turns out to not necessarily be something that you should be basing your decisions on. Or at the very least, there's some reason to question it. Like, do you remember this whole everything must be fat-free era we went through? It was for like years. And if you remember, there were doctors and authors and, I mean, just it was coming at you from so many directions. Everyone's saying, you know, you need to really watch your fat intake. You have to eat fat-free. And now, as I'm sure you know, many doctors are saying the exact opposite. They're saying now that fat is actually good for you. There's some type of preference to use starches like potatoes and rice over fresh fruit or nuts or seeds or avocados from a fear of fat. And I don't think that fear is held up in the scientific literature. As a matter of fact, the opposite is true. That a diet with that, we don't have to be so fearful of these healthy plant fats found in avocado and nuts and seeds. And I'd rather see a person have a little more fat in their diet in the form of avocado and nuts and seeds and not be so afraid of fruit. Okay, so now we've got this change, right? The theory or the beliefs around fat have changed. But do you remember that whole fat-free era? And was that something that you bought into that everything or the majority of things that you're eating, you want to make certain they're healthy and fat-free? Hey, come on, you can admit it. Because I totally fell for this whole fat-free thing, hook, line, and sinker. I mean, I was a believer. I was eating fat-free cheese, fat-free chips, fat-free ice cream, and of course, way too much fat-free ice cream. And can you please tell me why it never occurred to me to at least question the information that I was getting and think that I could just eat all of the fat-free ice cream I wanted because it was fat-free. I mean, it makes no sense. And of course, you know, it was finally made clear that even if it is fat-free, it's ice cream and there's sugars and there's carbs and who knows what else. And so, of course, like anything else, it has to be consumed in moderation. Too much of anything is just that, too much of anything. Or, you know, I mean, even all of the other myths, right, that, you know, sitting too close to the TV hurts your eyes. And, yeah, that was true in the 50s, but now that TVs have these protective shields, you don't have to worry about them emitting radiation. Or what about the myth, have you heard that if you swallow your gum, it's going to stay in your body for seven years? Again, just a myth, right? But everyone talks about it. You believe it. I know I believed it growing up for so many years. And even the one about if a person goes missing, that you're supposed to wait 24 hours before you can call the police or report something. Again, another myth. It's not true. And for certain misconceptions or myths or this information that we get, it doesn't matter, right? Like, it's okay if I believed that gum took seven years to pass through my system because I shouldn't have been swallowing gum anyway. But there's other myths that we assume are true and it matters. It matters, right? Because if the information isn't accurate and we're making lifestyle changes or important decisions about our life based on information that's not necessarily 100% accurate or at the very least is debatable, then that's when we've got to be really, really careful because we're making changes based on assumptions that we shouldn't 
be relying on. And that is why I think that we have got to just sometimes stop and evaluate this information for ourselves. Like, that's what I should have done with that whole fat-free era. And it's what I should do, quite honestly, all the time. Because information is not going to stop coming at us. If you've noticed, it's like proliferating. It's like multiplying. And there's so many ways that we're now consuming information. And so what we've got to be able to do is figure out what's right for us personally. Like what is our own truth? Wouldn't you agree with that? Because like, just think about your life today. Okay. And when it comes to the things that are in your life, like your relationship or your career, your beliefs, your opinions, haven't you found that you are just so much better off to kind of sort through all of this information that's coming at you and then you figure things out for yourself. You're like, okay, this feels right for me or you know what, I don't necessarily agree with that or okay, that makes sense. In fact, if you were listening to the show several weeks ago, we actually discussed and called into question another piece of advice or at the very least, I guess it was information. It was a report that suggested that your income, your race, and your education level determine the likelihood of the success of your marriage. And this week, I wanted to actually take a closer look at some other myths and information floating around that I really think we can pull the surface layer back on and most importantly, evaluate this information for ourselves so we can figure out, okay, what's our truth? What makes sense for us? What just deep down feels right to us? So back to this relationship topic and Will Smith and Jada Pinkin and all of the rumors, because I really think that it touches on this topic of finding your own truth and following it. Now, if you've been hearing the rumors that have been all over the press for years, you may be thinking Will Smith and Jada Pinkett believe it's okay to have an open relationship, meaning that they believe even while you're married, you can date and have relationships outside of your marriage because that's what you've probably seen in the media. That's kind of what's all over the internet that they believe they are able to have an open relationship. But Jada Pinkett actually cleared up this rumor recently and she said that they don't have an open relationship and people have essentially misunderstood and taken out of context a statement that she said a while ago in the press. And ultimately what she was trying to explain was that she had just told Will Smith, her husband, that as long as he can look himself in the mirror he was free to make his own decisions. So basically what she was giving Will Smith the permission to do was not have an open relationship, but to find and follow his own truth, right? If he can look himself in the mirror and make decisions that live up to his own truth, then she said he can do what he wants. Is, is it true? First I think, of all. No, I think that people get that idea because... Uh, Will and I are very relaxed with one another, mm -hmm. you know, and I think because, you know, from how I've answered questions of, girl, you know, what what would you do if he came home and this and that and that, or, you know, being married to a big superstar like Will, how do you deal with other women? And my answer is always, I've always told Will, you can do whatever you want as long as you can look at yourself in the mirror and be okay. Wow. Okay? Because at the end of the day, Will is his own man. I'm here as his partner, but he is his own man. He has to decide who he wants to be. And that's not for me to do for him. Mm. Okay, so there you have it. It's official. Jada has squashed that rumor that they have this open relationship and presumably put it to rest 
But what I really found interesting was what Jada shared about what she told her husband. Because she's not constantly trying to look over his shoulder or to micromanage him. Instead, she's holding him accountable to find his own truth and then, of course, to live up to it, to be able to look at himself in the mirror and know that what he is doing, the decisions that he's making are in agreement with his truth. And if you think about it, that's actually a, a really logical and good perspective and exactly what you want the person that you're in a relationship to do, to live up to their own standards and do what they know is right for themselves. I mean, you obviously want them to prioritize your relationship and make really good decisions based on your feelings and respecting you. But at the end of the day, what it really comes down to is the person that you're with, you want them to be able to find and live their own truth and live up to the moral standards and their commitment and what they've committed to you. As Jada explains it, she says that you've got to obviously recognize that you're in a relationship, but that you're also an individual too. I think that that just comes from respecting that you're in a partnership, but that you also are an individual as well. And what she says about finding your own personal truth and then, of course, following it is just such good advice. I mean, don't you think? Because when it comes to our relationships and honestly, for that matter, everything in our lives, it's just so important that we take the time and find our way to our own truth. You know, what we personally believe in, not what somebody else makes us believe in or we think we have to believe in, like what we really believe in, our truth, because that's like our North Star, like our measuring stick. And... You know, when we're talking about finding our own truth, what are we really talking about? We're talking about just thinking through, I mean, and being really honest with yourself, but thinking through and discovering what your perspective is on how you live your life, how you move through the day, the decisions you make, the types of relationships you have with people, your temperament, how you interact with people, what you believe in your heart is right. It's your truth. It's funny though, because I realize you literally have to kind of sit yourself down and ask yourself questions and really make sure you're thinking about, you know, is this my truth? Because you've been influenced and persuaded and there've probably been some experiences, you know, things that we like to justify in our minds that, okay, yeah, that was fine. But when you're really honest with yourself, then you realize, you know what? There may have been times that I thought I was following my truth, but I really wasn't. You know, maybe you were just reacting to what came your way first, and then you kind of double-checked to see if it was in line with your truth, and it wasn't. But right now, like at this moment, think about your current relationship if you're in one. And if you're not in one, but you're planning to be in one in the future, think about that future relationship. Okay. And think about what you want for your relationship. What is your truth when it comes to your relationship? What are the things that you ultimately want out of your relationship? Love, trust, companionship, support, having fun, enjoying each other's company. Like what are the things that come to mind for you? Do you want a relationship where you're both open to learning from each other? Do you want a relationship where you guys are very close, like a really intimate relationship? I mean, how do you want to personally behave in this relationship and make decisions? And honestly, at this point, we are really solely focusing on you and your truth and what you ultimately want because 
essentially that's what you have control over anyway. I mean, does your partner also have to decide his or her own truth and then, of course, be accountable to himself or herself? Absolutely. But I think one of the things that I've realized is the first and best place to start is with yourself and to make sure that you are living your truth. Now, I do think at some point you want to make sure you and your partner agree and are aligned on truths and obviously moral standards. And that means that not only do you have to have this honest discussion with yourself about your truth and finding your way to it, but you also want to have that discussion you know, with your partner, whoever you're dating or married to, because essentially you both are committing to your truths and whatever that means, the other person that you're in the relationship with should know that. And obviously you don't want to assume that your partner agrees with you and then you come to find out later down the road that he's making decisions that you don't necessarily agree with. So today, if you're in a relationship, just make a date with the person you're dating or married to, you know, go grab dinner or enjoy a glass of wine together or go out for coffee and just have this discussion, you know, answer these types of questions and make sure you're aligned. Obviously you first ask them to yourself and really try to think through all of the aspects of your relationship and what you want, but then talk about them with the person that you're in a relationship with. I mean, this is something these quote unquote serious conversations are really something that I've tried to do regularly. In fact, <laughs> my husband and I called them talk night. Um, and of course in the beginning he wasn't a big fan. Um, but now I think, you know, we've really made them fun. And while we definitely are obviously having serious conversations about our expectations and our relationship and really just trying to be truthful and honest with each other and, say, hey, we're aligned here, we're not aligned here. You know, we're also making it fun and we're having a glass of wine and just talking about life. And I think it's easy to kind of get caught up in your routines and your days and the kids and your bills and your responsibilities and you don't have these questions, you know, or this communication back and forth on these really important topics for your relationship. I mean, essentially they are setting the foundation because once you kind of are honest with yourself and then honest with each other, right? And you're like, hey, you know, I'm open to learning about this. I'm open to making adjustments. I'm not open to making adjustments. Whatever the case is, at the very least, you guys are aligned and you know what you're both committed to doing. So I just really think that it is such an enormous understanding to have in a relationship. So seriously, today, call your husband or the person you're dating or send them a text right now and set up a talk night. Because again, it's not as much about someone being wrong or right on a specific topic or something they believe in. It's just about the person obviously being honest with themselves and then you being honest with each other about what your beliefs are, what your truth is, and then sharing, you know, this is what I'm going to do and this is what I'm not going to do and this is how we're aligned and this is what I'm committed to doing. And that actually takes us to the next topic about monogamy and whether or not it's okay to date outside of your relationship because there are couples who are married and they've had their dog nights, I'm sure lots of them. <laughs> and they've come to an agreement that they are okay with having an open relationship. I mean, and they've agreed to it. What's your opinion on this? Do you think that people should or should not have open relationships? We are gonna talk about that next. Stick around. Okay, you are listening to The Possibility of Today on webtalkradio.net. 
We just were talking about myths and misconceptions, but most importantly, finding your own truth. We were specifically talking about finding your own truth and making certain you were following it in terms of relationships. And now we are turning to this topic of monogamy and whether or not you believe that you should not have an open relationship or do you buy into this science and the information that's been coming out that humans are just not naturally inclined to be monogamous. I know there are strong opinions really on both sides about whether or not dating outside of your relationship is okay. For me, it's not my truth. It's not something I personally believe in. I'm a believer in monogamy and you know, I only want and need one relationship in my life. I've got my hands full with that one. But I get it that people have different opinions from me on this topic. And I also think it's interesting because most people I have heard speak on the topic of monogamy and whether or not it's natural or not natural. They always seem to mention that monogamy is a choice. In fact, many of them explain that monogamy is a good choice. Actually, to that point, Dr. Christopher Ryan, I don't know if you've heard of him, but he wrote this book that was called Sex at Dawn, How We Mate, Why We Stray, and What It Means for Modern Relationships. And he shared his perspective and all of the science behind his theory and kind of how he arrived at this conclusion that monogamy is not natural for humans. But then he concluded that monogamy is a choice, right? And interestingly enough, monogamy is not only a choice, as he said it, but it's actually his choice and his personal truth. In fact, he and his wife actually co-authored this book. Fascinating, right? Anyway, check out what he had to say about the science and the monogamy and his belief about it being not natural to humans. Check out what he said about it at a TED conference. Uh, the point is that we evolved not to have sex uh, be primarily about reproduction. Human sexuality is primarily about establishing and maintaining complex social networks. That's what human sexuality is about. That's what dolphin sexuality is about. So this is something that's common in highly intelligent, highly social species. So it's not as radical an idea as it may seem. The final thought I want to leave you with is that our book does not argue, and I'm not here today to argue, that long-term sexual monogamy is a mistake. What I'm trying to say is that it's like vegetarianism. It can be ethical, it can be healthy, it can be wonderful for the environment, it can be great in so many different ways, but the fact that you've chosen to be a vegetarian does not mean bacon suddenly stops smelling good. Thank you. <laughs> Interesting, right? Anyway, I think the big takeaway is that it all goes just to really taking the time, being honest with yourself, no matter what the topic is, and making certain that you are finding your own truth. And then, of course, living it and following it. And today is the day, right? Like the possibility that we have today, right now, is to really take this time and be honest with ourselves and make sure we know what it is that we want for our relationships and also what we want out of our relationships. And then it's just a matter of starting today to make certain that we use every one of our days, the 24 hours that we have, to make sure that we're following and living up to our truth. And if our truth is that, we want to spend more time with our family and our children, then the question is, how are you using today to make that happen? If your truth is you want to trust your husband more, then what are you doing today that's going to support that happening? Are you having conversations with your husband that you know you need to have? Are you doing what you need to personally so that 
maybe you can kind of let go of some something that's happened in the past and make certain you're trusting the person you're with. If your truth is that you want a more intimate or close relationship with your husband, then the question is, what are you doing with your day to take another step forward toward that? And yes, a relationship clearly takes two people and your partner has absolutely got to meet you halfway. But I think one of the things that I've realized is that it's always just a good idea to double check that you are also walking your halfway. You know, companionship, love, enjoyment, sharing your life with someone else, those are all really important and great reasons why we have relationships, you know, why we try to figure this whole relationship thing out. But another very important thing about relationships are that they provide us with the possibility to use it in the right way so that we can also grow and develop personally. Throughout the course of a relationship, if we're paying attention, we can learn so much, I know I have, (laughs) about our quirks, our issues, our rough edges, anything that we know may need to be ironed out a little. I mean, wouldn't you say that's the case? And there's actually this great quote that I think really does a great job of just kind of summarizing this point about using your relationships. It's by Elizabeth Gilbert from Eat, Pray, Love. And the quote is this, people think a soulmate is your perfect fit. And that's what everyone wants. But a true soulmate is a mirror. The person who shows you everything that's holding you back, the person who brings you to your own attention so that you can change your life. And it's so true, right? Like, I mean, you do want to be brought to your own attention and make your own decisions and find and live up to your own truth. And I think as long as you can say that you are doing that, then you also can say that you've got the hang of this whole relationship thing. So that's it for relationships. Up next, we are going to get into myths about the brain and our minds and making sure we're finding our way to our own truths with those topics. Like, does having a glass of wine really cause your brain to shrink? Or is your memory getting worse as you get older? Claire Herring from daisybrains.com is going to join us and really help us work through those questions and find our way to our own truth. So I hope you'll stick around. Okay, so welcome back, you guys. Thank you so much for sticking around. I'm really excited for this segment because we have got Claire Herring with us today. She is actually a speech language pathologist and a cognitive trainer. And she's got this advanced training degree in neuroscience and age-related neurological issues. So I thought, who better to ask about the brain and the myths around the brain than someone who has all of this background. She's also the co-creator with Gemma Brooks of a great website, daisybrains.com, which I think you're definitely going to want to go check out after this segment. So Claire, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Sybil. Glad to be here and glad to have a chance to speak with your group. Cool, cool. Well, so you know, we have been talking about myths and just, you know, all the things, because we are just overloaded with information. Have you noticed that? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, just from every direction. And so what we've really been discussing is, okay, at some point, you've got to kind of step back and look at the information that's coming at you and find your own truth, find what works for you. Mm -hmm. And so what I was really hoping that you could help us with are some of the myths that we hear all the time, you know, that surround the mind and the brain. 
And the first one that comes to mind, and this is actually a very personal one for me because I do like having a glass of wine every now and then. (laughs) And one of the myths I'm always hearing is that, you know, drinking alcoholic beverages or having a glass of wine kills brain cells and it's like irreversible. And so, you know, once you, I guess, once you shrink, you can't go back. (laughs) Is that true? Is that something that we need to be cautious about? You know, is there any validity to that that you've kind of come across? Absolutely. Um, So a couple things on that issue. Uh, First and and foremost, um, I think the medical community would agree that it's absolutely okay in moderation to have a glass of wine or have a beer um, you know, from a heart heart health perspective, um, there are a number of studies that support the idea that um, a small amount of alcohol can actually be good for the body. Um, the issue really comes in um, when you talk about people that are binge drinkers um, who maybe don't drink during the week, but then they have six or eight drinks um, over the course of maybe one evening on the weekend. <laughs> um, myth or truth. Um, alcohol doesn't kill brain cells, but it can damage your brain um, in terms of the neurological connections that are made within the brain. So okay. binge drinkers and alcoholics actually do begin to develop um, negative side effects related to um, their consumption of alcohol. Um, but now if I'm just having a glass of wine every now and then, I'm good, right, Claire? good. I encourage you to do it. Um, I do so as well. Um, Nice, nice. Maybe I'll have to come there to to Virginia and have a glass with you then. (laughs) Great wineries in Virginia. Come on over. I've heard. I've heard. Now, to to that extent, like, so I'm very happy to hear that it's okay. Are there things, though, that you can do, you know, if you have caused damage or, you know, Mm-hmm. There are issues that you're experiencing. Are there things that you can do to kind of reverse that? Um, well, certainly, you know, when we think about um, folks on, on the call today, um, you know, as we get older, absolutely from an aging perspective, um, there are things that you're going to want to do to exercise your mind to keep it sharp. So you want to think about your brain as a muscle. And there are a number of benefits and things that you can do to help um, keep your brain in top performance. Um, and as it relates to, to, to alcoholism, absolutely, um, you know, that's a more serious topic, but sure. something that um, can also be, um, I guess, slowed with proper treatment. Right. So that's interesting because another, you know, piece of information I think that a lot of us have come across is that there are, you know, that you want to do these things like these games and just really make certain you're reading and keeping your mind active. Is that true? Those are actually things that you want to do with your, your brain like regularly? Yes. Um, I, and I think in the medical community, there are a lot of schools of thought around brain games and isolation. But one thing that everyone agrees upon is building a brain healthy lifestyle has some very positive effects. And brain games are just one piece of that. Um, exercise, um, sleep, incorporating some brain superfoods in your diet, coupled with challenging your brain by presenting it with new and novel challenges each day. And those can come in the form of games played online um, or even things that you can do at home. There are some significant benefits um, for building a brain-healthy lifestyle. Okay, and so is it true, Claire, that as we get older, our ability to remember just naturally declines, or is that is that a myth? That is true. Um, if you think about the front of your brain, the frontal lobe is sort of your chief executive officer, if you will. Okay. And the frontal lobe takes in new information, and it then decides how to store and organize it in the brain. As we get older, there is some natural atrophy or shrinkage that can occur in that frontal lobe. However, when people develop some healthy habits, and that includes brain exercises as well as sleep and fitness, you can actually slow and in some cases, new studies suggest, reverse some of those ill effects associated with aging. Really? And is that something that you have to do every day then or... 
Well, I think the way that the information is coming to us suggests that each and every day you need to find ways to stimulate their, that brain. Now, that could include taking tango lessons on Monday, um, shopping for new vegetables and making a new recipe on Tuesday, along with playing some, some brain games, um, going walking with a friend on Wednesday. It is those individuals that build these active, balanced, healthy lifestyle that include both mental and physical challenges that perform best as adults and as they get older. That's so cool. And that's what I really loved because I spent some time on your website, daisybrains.com, and just really um, seeing, you know, what you all offer in terms of these games. And people can just, like, come there regularly and they can sign up, obviously, for a trial. But then it's something that they can continue to do and integrate into, like, their morning routine or something, right? That's right. And, and you know, what, we have, what we've observed is a lot of people will start their day off um, with Daisy Brains. One of the things we're most excited about is that we really provide a cross-training experience. Um, so we have new exercises on the site. If you look at the brain teaser area, you're going to see new activities every day. And we encourage people um, to incorporate brain games, those brain teasers, as well as some of the creativity challenges for a more well-rounded workout. It's a lot of fun to do really takes about 15 minutes, and it's a great way to sort of supercharge your mind each day. Yeah, I mean, it's so great. It's really, I think, it makes perfect sense. I talk a lot about doing mindset push-ups, and those are exercises, again, that we kind of do in the morning to overshadow limiting beliefs. And mm -hmm. so, you know, it's like we're reading inspirational information and just stuff that makes you feel good and motivated and really taking a look at what's already working in your business and you know, with everything that you're trying to accomplish. And when I came across daisybrains.com, I'm like, well, <laughs> of course, too, that makes perfect sense that you're doing these brain push-ups, you know, this brain exercise, and really just making certain you're keeping your mind active, you know, so that you can do things that you're really interested in and you know that your, your brain is just continually working and moving in the right direction, even as you age. I completely agree, Sybil, and I think you, you raised an important point, too, about um, sort of trying to help your brain overcome, I guess, these the natural rut it tends to fall into. Um, as humans, you know, we are creatures of habit. We have a number of, of cognitive biases that naturally occur, and we have to sort of fight against those. And so um, even just being aware that you're prone to do that um, will help you um, challenge yourself to change things up in your routine and to push yourself harder um, to exercise both physically and mentally because let's face it the brain is an organ that's all about conserving energy that's why we uh, jump to conclusions and make snap judgments and form first impressions really quickly our brain takes shortcuts where it can and we want to help it actually create these new neurological connections yeah I love that too I mean the, the reason why I feel that daisybrains.com is so just inspiring is because <clears throat> for so long you're told, okay, you know, you're, you're told the negative, right? Like your brain, as you get older, you forget stuff or, you know, when, you know, you're pregnant, you're just not focused. And so you're, it's always this negative stuff. But what I love is that you guys have integrated a solution. And yeah, you know, this stuff is true. Your, your brain is obviously going, you've been around for 50 years, there are changes that have happened to your brain, but there are things you can do, there are exercises, and I was reading this report that said um, over 75% of people in the United States feel like they're not living up to their creative potential, hmm. which is just, yeah, I know it's fascinating, right? And I, you know, I speak to people a lot who are, you know, um, a part of the community at Possibility of Today, and it's something that comes up a lot. Is like, you know, I just feel like I'm much, there's so much more I can do. There's so much more I can be accomplishing, and from a creative standpoint, I just have so much to offer, but it's not really coming out, and I don't really necessarily know what I'm supposed to do. Like, I'm not getting that, you know, those creative flashes of genius, if you will. Right. And what I noticed on your site is that some of the games are really targeted towards enhancing creativity. Yes. So can what is that that's possible? You know, this is this is a topic that 
we are so passionate about. To answer your question, Sybil, yes, it is possible. And for your listeners, think back to when you were a child or look at your own children today. Um, if you interview children, um, 90% of children see themselves as creative individuals. They are always asking interesting questions and coloring outside the lines, um, fascinating little creatures. <laughs> and, you know, in terms of education, um, and when we look at the educational system in our country, you know, public and private, unfortunately, so much of education is about learning facts and skills. And so, in a matter of a few short years, these inquisitive, um, risk-taking uh, little people, children, um, learn that they are recognized and rewarding for finding the single right answer. Um, grades become very important. And by the time we finish with them in high school as well as college, you know, we have skilled individuals that are ready to go to work. But unfortunately, many of them have not learned to enhance their creativity um, or really raise the game in terms of their critical thinking skills. And so um, before we talk about sort of how we can help people do that, I think it's important to understand, you know, why that's the case. And so why, why do most adults really feel, like you mentioned, that they're not living up to their creative potential? You know, I think society in general, we're not yet doing a good job raising individuals in a world where we say it's okay to experiment and make mistakes, make mistakes as part of the learning process. So true. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, but you were mentioning too. You know what? What? What can we do? Well, part of it is relearning to be creative. So, in terms of our own personal journey, um, you know, there there are a number of things that that you that you want to try and do. Um, certainly, I, I encourage people to read, and I know that seems like an odd response <laughs> to creativity. Um, but if you look, and, and, and Sybil, you may have these stats better than I, but I think the average American adult, you know, reads something like one book a year. Wow. Um, it's so important to continue to expand your horizons. It's also important to try new things and to be willing to take risks in sharing ideas um, and making some mistakes along the way. Absolutely. Absolutely. We call ourselves here possibilitarians. So okay. we're, we're all about just kind of pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone, which is why I loved what you just said, you know, about taking risks and pushing yourself from a creative standpoint, because that's how you become more and more creative. You do. And it takes practice. And the good news is you can make progress. Um, part of part of what we do at Daisy Brains is we offer um, a variety of lateral thinking puzzles. And if you um, listeners have you know, heard of that concept, you know that that really is outside the box thinking. So whenever you're in a group of folks, whether you're working on a fundraiser or you're volunteering at the Y or you're at work, um, you need to think outside the box. You hear it all the time. That really involves um, approaching problems for, from unique and different ways. And Sybil, I thought it might be fun today, um, just while we're on the line, to do a, a brain teaser together. Okay. <laughs> challenges lateral thinking. You want to give it a shot? Hey, I just, you know, was I just said 10 minutes ago I was a possibilitarian and to push myself out of my comfort zone. So I can't, I can't say no. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Nope, no pressure. Okay. okay. Um, all right. So this one we're going to do is called blackout. And the way it um, goes... So it's, it's, it's night out, and all the lights in the city are out. You have only a candle, a wood-burning stove, and a gasoline lamp. You have only a single match, so what do you light first? Okay, so I've got a candle, candle. a stove, mm -hmm. a gas lamp, and yep. a match. Well, you've only got one match, and the question is, what do you light first? I think you light the candle, and mm -hmm. then you light the stove, because okay. the candle's still lit, right? <laughs> you know what? When I first heard it, I completely agree. It seems so logical you would light the candle, because you can easily light the other two things with the candle, right? Right, right. And both you and I are <laughs> wrong. Okay, what's the answer? The answer is... And some of your listeners may get this, although I'll tell you, very few people do. 
you actually have to light the match first. Oh, but right. the way the puzzle's worded, it's implied that you have a match, and so you're already debating between the candle, the stove, and the lamp. Right. And this brain teaser is purely an example of how our brain takes shortcuts. And when we come together to be creative, oftentimes we take 80% of the possibilities off the table and never even consider them. I love that. I love that. I mean, it's so true. I mean, and that's, first of all, you've taken me back to my LSAT days when I was preparing for law school because that's nothing short of a logic game there. <laughs> and so I guess I would have gotten that, that question incorrect. But, you know, I think the, the takeaway message is something that we talk about here all the time, and that's just really rethinking what's possible. Mm -hmm. um, and not accepting at face value just the things that are in front of you, but really kind of stepping back and looking at things and processing information creatively to get really good solutions. That's right. I agree completely. So that's the approach, even though I did not do it. <laughs> but that is, that is what should have done. And yeah, exactly. That's the goal. That is the goal. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Claire, for joining us today. And um, if we want to find our way to daisybrains.com, we can just drop by your website. How do we get started? Yes, daisybrains.com. Please come on. You'll have the opportunity to sample each of the activities, brain teasers, brain games, creativity challenges. Um, and, you know, Sybil, I appreciate the opportunity to, hear, uh, to be here today and talk with your listeners. And I guess I'd like to leave people with a couple quick, healthy tips for their brain. Lovely. Get enough sleep. You need to exercise every day, put some omega-3s in your diet, and incorporate some mental exercises, be it brain games with Daisy Brains or in some other way, make sure you challenge your brain each and every day. That's great, Claire. That is great. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And enjoy the rest of your day. I'm going to have to think about this uh, this logic game again. I feel like I'm, <laughs> I, I can, you know, as an attorney, I must be able to come up with an argument as to why I was right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, you think about that, and again, thanks so much, Sybil. All right, thank you. Have a good one. And thank you guys also for tuning in. That is our show for the week. Remember, today is the day to really take some time, find your truth, specifically as it pertains to your current relationship or what you want for your future relationships. And I hope that you have an amazing day and an amazing week. Live today better than yesterday. To learn more about making a change in your life, visit possibilityoftoday.com. Don't forget to like Sybil's Facebook page by clicking the Facebook icon on her Web Talk Radio profile page. You can also follow her on Twitter using the handle at Sybil Chavis. Thanks for listening this week. And remember to be entertained, be inspired, be informed. Mm-hmm.